0: Welcome to our first actual episode of Sci-Fi Nomads. Hi, everybody. Uh, I know we said that we were probably going to be doing Aliens or Terminator.
1: Terminator or some big universe.
0: Yeah, well, we just watched Europa Report and decided we're going to go ahead and talk about that. We were inspired. Yes, and like by just watched, I mean literally it ended uh, what two minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we're like,
1: well, we should do this as a one-off thing. And you're like, well, why don't we just do it now?
0: So here we are. Yep, yep. We're uh, yeah. So you're up a report. Uh, yeah,
1: let me bring up some details here. I'm just gonna go through the Wikipedia real quick. <laughs> um, might as well admit to my to my source here. Uh, it's a 2013 sci-fi film, uh, directed by Sebastian Cordero, starring a bunch of people, but mostly Christian Camargo. Uh, Anna Anna Maria Marinka, Michael Nyquist, Daniel Wu, Carolina Widrow, and Sharlto Copley. Sharlto Copley, you may remember, was the man uh, who played the main character on District 9. Um, He played the uh, South African that was uh, infected by an alien virus in in District Mm. 9. Another really good movie, but very recognizable person. Um, They are a crew
0: Yes, sent yeah. by a corporation that hires astronauts from, uh, like, top astronauts and, and xenonauts and cosmonauts from uh, different space agencies, and they send them up to Europa. Yeah, with, uh,
1: and, you know, that makes, that makes logical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Europa, as far as we know, uh, is probably the most likely place to find life. In the solar system?
0: It's a little more than most likely place to find life. At this point, life is the most likely explanation for what's been observed on Europa.
1: Right. So, um,
0: you know, Neil, they, they Europe, by the it. way,
1: Europa is a moon of Jupiter. Yes. Uh, ice encrusted with uh, red, rusty-looking lines all over it. Um, and Liquid...
0: It, it, Ocean liquid ocean beneath it, so that if- ocean's under miles and miles of wa- of ice, very very right. thick ice. I think some of that ice is actually methane ice, and what indicates life is well, a there is water, and where there is water, on, at least on Earth, there is life, and methane. Yeah, there are. Non-organic processes that create methane. Well, non-organic isn't the right term. Well, breaking uh,
1: the breaking down of materials results it, in methane. It um, is an
0: organic compound, so it's organic chemistry. There are non-life, non-biotic processes that can create methane. But, but we're talking nowhere, about a lot of methane. Yeah, and those processes aren't anywhere near as efficient as methane is. So this is a place that we definitely need to send a really good mission. There are missions being planned um to go to europa. Uh yay. There was they even showed a clip of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson saying that he wants to go to Europa, cut a hole in the ice and go ice fishing.
1: So not literally, but you know, send a submersible down, take a look around. Um that's we've seen here on Earth that bacteria and uh single-celled organisms, multi-celled organisms, tiny shrimp and stuff like that um flourish under Really thick sheets of ice. We've seen it both in the Arctic and the mm-hmm. Antarctic. So um, now, of v- course, virgin waters
0: usually that are that have been found to have life. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing on the on the whole science with that you want to counter with is: yes, life is a very likely explanation for it. It's not the only explanation, and it is generally a very inhospitable uh, environment. Yes, life has flourished in lots of non-hospitable environments. Extremophiles! However, life on Earth didn't <laughs> necessarily start in very extreme environments. Right.
1: Well, that may be the result of, of, of millions of years of evolution. So. But Europa is a really good target for a good sci-fi. Yeah.
0: Well, um, one more thing on the science with Europa itself is the heat, the fact that it has heat... Wouldn't generally be a thing uh, that far from the sun, at least not much heat. It is. So it's not heated by the sun. It is heated by tidal forces, tidal energy from Jupiter.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. So that's what they. Okay, so they mentioned the tidal. And that. Tidal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. T-I-D-A-L title um, forces in the movie and I was I didn't understand that that's where the uh, theoretically heat would come from I assumed it was from volcanic vents
0: for volcanism you need to have a liquid core oh liquid metal core or well, at least there's mineralogical <laughs> core there's water there's a I don't know that they know what is in the core of, of Europa
1: I've never heard anything about that, but that may be something worth looking into. Liquid
0: water is, or a liquid under the ice is, as far as I know, the deepest they've gotten to see. It's
1: kind of the opposite of what we're used to looking for. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, okay, anyway, uh, so what this is, is uh, the movie was started through viral marketing with the release of a clip online, and it just, it went crazy from there. It looked like a really good, terrifying sci-fi not as terrifying as as i think maybe um some trailers might
0: lead you to believe it
1: was definitely a thriller though yeah
0: oh yeah well okay for th- this is a show where okay we're going to have spoilers now yeah uh, spoiler section everyone dies
1: <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> in, that's it in Ever- a good sci-fi thriller everyone dies
1: yes um, when you're that far away from Earth, the chances of making it back are pretty slim, and I love yeah. that that was taken into consideration.
0: Especially with relatively current technology. This and, is, and
1: highly specialized crew, where once you mm-hmm. lose one crew member, the likelihood of you getting back in one piece is yeah. very, very small.
0: They sent six people out. Uh, a number of scientists, pilot, uh an engineer, a commander the commander and the pilot were usually up in the cockpit when they were doing navigation. But realistically, if just the pilot had managed to survive and get back up to the orbiter, she wouldn't have been able to make it around Jupiter. (laughs) She wouldn't have
1: been able to make it around Jupiter. Um, yeah, it's a she, by the way, Woo. (laughs) two, two female out of uh, six crew members. So that's not, that's not bad. Um, it was also very uh, diverse. I think a couple Russians and Chinese, and two, what I'm assuming is American based on the accents. But the people who were mm. acting are clearly from either South Africa or Australia.
0: I would say from the accents, one American.
1: Maybe one American. But it was obviously meant to be a very. A very diverse crew, which mm-hmm. makes sense when you consider it was a corporation that sent them out. Yeah, versus countries. Countries tend to want to send their own. Um, we're we're a bit have a bit nationalistic patriotism in that in that endeavor. <laughs> uh, but at as of this point, we would have if we did do a collaborative effort, it would have to be a couple of Europeans, Russian. United States would probably be the majority of the astronauts going, China and possibly India.
0: Uh, Japan would probably beat out China and India.
1: Oh, you think so? Are they further along now?
0: uh, We work with them.
1: Well, yeah, we do. They have
0: astronauts.
1: Well, so does China and India
0: now. But we haven't worked with them.
1: No. Well, that's what I meant. If this was truly a collaborative effort just from what is available on our planet... It, that would probably be the makeup,
0: especially since right now we couldn't do it without Chinese money
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, I like the uh, the Russians they were cool <laughs> yeah. the Russian the old Russian guy was really awesome so um anyway the viral marketing uh really works well with these thriller types where you've got um a non-sequential movie so it wasn't going backwards and it wasn't going forwards it was skipping around. With the clock telling you what time mm-hmm. in during the mission you're at, and it went everywhere from preliminary stages uh, before the sh- the before the shuttle takes off, all the way to just about the very end.
0: Uh, past the end.
1: Past the end,
0: and then back,
1: and then back and forth, back and forth. So a little a little if you if you don't like time traveling movies like that, you know, with non-sequential, you'll you'll hate it.
0: I had a hard time following it in the first half.
1: The first half was really discombobulating, but by the time that it started to streamline into the main event aka them landing and trying to find samples, it all starts going really that at that point it goes pretty linear so it really helps it helps set up for a good good story there
0: mm-hmm yeah and uh, so One of the the, the main plot devices is this corporation was doing it as kind of like Mars One plan. It's a uh, reality TV show. So they're transmitting data back to Earth, and everybody gets to watch what's happening. Uh, Okay, people going to see if there's life on another world, going further than anyone has ever gone before from our planet, yes, people would want to watch that.
1: Yeah, um, this this film uh, specified that... Nobody had been beyond the moon, so this is assuming that there has not been a Mars mission with humans. Mm-hmm. This is assuming that we went straight straight to Europa, and um, that that was done primarily because there needed to be a human element to that discovery. Um, yeah. If they just sent a a robot, then there there's a little bit of that humanity humanity and that discovery lost.
0: And they didn't actually explain that.
1: Not really. That was kind of the impression I got.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, They they demonstrated it very well in the movie. Um, When things
1: go wrong, a person can think it through much faster than a robot.
0: And if you send it back to Earth to get an answer back, it's going to take a long time. And they're not going to have as much data. Whereas somebody there can assess exactly what's happening right now and respond
1: especially when communications is the first thing that goes wrong
0: yes which they so. covered that almost immediately <laughs>
1: right i mean that was pretty good It's like right away cut off from earth you're all by yourselves it's like oh yeah well yeah how do he- people take isolation not well not yeah. well we're uncomfortable with silence we're uncomfortable with being alone
0: yep that's one reason why i truncate the silence on the podcast
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so no dead air. We're not comfortable with that. So if you're, you know, if you suddenly realize that you're net, you're p- might possibly never speak to anybody on Earth ever again, and there's only five other people on board with you. Yeah, you'd probably start mm-hmm. to get a little antsy, crazy, insane.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, if you manage to survive all that and try to get back to Earth, what what did it take? Like twenty months.
0: It was something like twenty. 20- 16 to 20 months.
1: 16 to 20 months to, get, to there. get there. 16 to 20 months back by yourself. It would drive you, it would drive uh-huh. you insane.
0: So then they, they had a character that they, they didn't specify who at first, but they kept mentioning that they'd lost someone. And they were jumping back and forth between, you know, someone was having a really hard time. The, the, the old Russian, who was the, the, the veteran uh, astronaut or cosmonaut he was having a really hard time grieving and
1: not sleeping, not talking. And then
0: they bounce back and this guy is making videos to send back to his kids and having a really hard time. And it's like, Oh, it was him. Yeah, of course it was the parent who died. It was
1: was, don't ever send a parent into space. Just, (laughs) you know, I mean, I don't even think you should send a married person into space. (laughs) Um, Actually, that's not true. You need to have some kind of emotional connection to somebody back on Earth. Otherwise, you are more likely to want to just give up, I think, than uh, to carry on the mission.
0: No, just send sociopaths. There we go. Single childless sociopaths.
1: Single childless CEO sociopaths. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's, that's what CEOs are, for the most uh, part. 20%. Or 20% so. or so. Yeah. Um,
0: 40% of prison inmates. A uh, very high percentage of FBI officers, uh, spies, special operations.
1: So, um, the they did make uh, a a one third scale model of the sh- of the ship of the orbiter itself hmm. for um some effects. So when they were doing all the camera shots uh, outside, most of that was CG. Uh, most of most of it was done in CG, as you could probably imagine. Um, But there were some scenes of the inside of the craft where the lights are out, or there's flooding, or there's gases or something, that they used a one-third scale model, and that thing had to have been, even at one-third scale, huge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was all filmed in Brooklyn, which... Hmm. Really, really? surprised me. Yeah, Brooklyn. Really, it's like. But I hey, wherever you're going to make a film, make the film. I th- I have a feeling this was a very low budget film. Oh
0: yeah. Well, one of the things. In that fact, def- I could look that up. There wasn't a whole lot of CGI. There was a lot of scenes that the the more expensive scenes were kind of repeated a few times, and for the most part, it was eight camera shots. Uh, they had one mobile camera or. or couple mobile cameras and they would just rotate through the cameras on the ship to show what was happening
1: yeah and um from my understanding from the wikipedia article most of that was actually cgi no and then of course there is the dun 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 the creature
0: yes uh so
1: best part of the film
0: definitely daniel dies they finish making it there they land they miss their target
1: Right. There's this unexpected vent that pushes them off course. Now, which would make sense because they were going for an area that was um, he- had a higher s- heat signature. Uh, so you'd expect that ice, when it comes together and when it moves, is going to create a lot of pressure. And just like a tectonic plate and vul- volcanism, it would pshh, once mm-hmm. in a while spray pshh. Uh, create vents. Um, that's what happened. They get st- you know, off course. What they, 100 meters off course and they, la- and they land. Right? And yep. then um, the one, the other female who wasn't the pilot, she was a biological oceanographic scientist. She had to get out there and get samples.
0: Well, before she goes out to get samples, though, they, they decided to go ahead and drill down. And this was going to be a lot harder than the actual target site because the ice was a lot thicker. They were going for a warm spot where it'd be thin
1: right and th- realistically thin on Europa we're talking we're still talking like a mile down
0: oh yeah yeah um, very thick here
1: the, it was looking more like 10 feet yeah on the movie it was so not very realistic in that aspect it really does look like um, ice fishing <laughs> if you were to drop a like a torch lamp uh, or a, a flashlight into the water mm-hmm. and look down you could gauge about how far the ice probably is
0: but when they were they, showing
1: unrealistically thin ice. But when
0: they drilled, it was like two days of drilling,
1: two days straight of drilling, which is much more realistic. And a hundred meters is not going to make that big of a difference. They
0: did a really good job of showing them being really agitated and stir crazy, stir crazy, and and impatient.
1: oh, well, one one of the critics described it as claustrophobic. So yes. I would say that yeah, <laughs> it was felt very antsy and claustrophobic.
0: So they finish drilling through, they release a a probe to explore the water, and it's going along, not really finding anything, and then... There's a, there's a flash of light. Flash of light, there's radiation coming from below. Uh,
1: oh, and that always starts up the, uh, what can be a nauseating... Um, graphic of the cameras shimmering in and out of focus um static you know Mm -hmm. static and and the reds and blues and yellows become separated momentarily that effect was used that's the primary effect that was used in the entire movie was this radiation was causing the the cameras to do this weird staticky effect A little overplayed, but I understand why they did it. Because the radiation correlated with this light that they see. Um, So, you got moving light. Well, sometimes you don't see the light, but radiation is making things go wonky and you know something bad's going to happen. Very thriller-esque. Very, Mm -hmm. um... Stuff is very dark. (laughs) And then the cameras go wonky and you're like, oh man, what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah. So then they they so then the the probe goes down and to to investigate what's causing all of this and then it gets hit by a light.
1: Yeah, something bumped into it. And then it's dead. And uh, the radiation and or the bump killed it. Which you know, at this point is you're thinking, "Okay, was this a shrimp-like creature? Was this um just a small little bacteria that was bioluminescent, we don't know. And they and weren't
0: even sure if it was a creature. How big it
1: was, they're not sure if it was a creature or if it was something else. Like um, it
0: just crashed into a, a chunk of ice.
1: Radioactive ice, I guess.
0: Yeah. Water absorbs radiation, cool. so it makes cool. sense that you could have radioactive But not ice. glowing
1: radioactive ice. Yeah, okay,
0: true, true. Right? But instruments...
1: Glowing... Is organic
0: instrument malfunction?
1: No, it's not. Uh Aha! No, it's not. Rocks fluoresce, so depending on what camera you have, what kind of camera you're looking at, and I'm expecting if you're doing that kind of thing, infrared and fluorescent is going to be on there. Ultraviolet, you're going to be looking at. You're going to be using as many cameras as possible. So theoretically, you could actually see something that looks like it was glowing, and it could be inorganic material that is caught in a current, or Hmm. is. Or is still, but the camera's moving in such a way that it looks like it's moving. Um, If you have ever seen, not seen, if you've never seen fluorescent um, rocks, go check them out. Go Google it. Uh, Scorpions fluoresce in UV. That's how you go find them. You go take a black light, flip a rock over, and shine a black light on it, and you can see scorpions. Mm
0: -hmm. Anyway, so then, (laughs) okay, so then they're sol. Um, They're not. Oh wait, we're we're going for a clean podcast.
1: Uh well SOL is okay, the clean yeah. version of yep. that.
0: Okay, so they're they're out they're out of luck and they so they're trying to decide what are they gonna do. And Katya, the Russian woman, she wants to go out and go to the actual target zone.
1: All right. The hundred meters away and go get samples. Um let's kinda co- just quickly go through the movie. Uh she um decides to go out there. She gets on their sh- suit, she takes a couple samples, she sees something interesting. She walks further into the target zone. At this point that they're making they're recognizing that the ice is getting thinner, mm-hmm. but she's seeing more of those weird lights. She approaches it, looks down. the lights are coming from underneath the ice.
0: Now prior to the light, she finds an algae-like creature.
1: Oh, right, a uni- unicellular algae-like creature. Yeah, she
0: in- scoops up some, some ice from, like, gets under the surface, and there's this glob of green.
1: So, at that point, they have proof of life on Europa. So, mission complete, you should come back to the
0: ship. She doesn't, because
1: mm-hmm. she sees lights, and... Uh,
0: By this point, the radiation levels are increasing, because she'd gone out when radiation levels were relatively low from Jupiter. Yep. And it was increasing, and they're like, well, she's still got 70 minutes of, of air... Go ahead. That wasn't what they were concerned about. Her Geiger counter was going insane.
1: Right. For them to suddenly say, okay, you have oxygen, go ahead, when in fact they were just minutes ago saying, no, 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 it's the radiation's too much, you need to get back here. Yeah. That seemed like... She had to get that back. That didn't work out. She had to well. get back
0: because of the radiation limit had been reached.
1: Yeah. So, the kind of a writing mishap there, I think. They... Uh, <laughs> They needed a reason for her to be able to keep going, or, and that was the reason they gave her the oxygen. Or you're there, you just
0: found light or life, and you see light. It'll only increase your risk of cancer a couple percent. So, uh, yeah, she goes to the ice, and or to the, 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 the light, and it's coming up through the ice.
1: Yeah, it's hitting the ice. It breaks. She falls. There's this great shot, though, when she's fall. So she's in the ice, surrounded by darkness, and you can see in her eye... The reflection of the of the whatever it is looking at her with all the lights, mm-hmm. and so that's where you get your first real glimpse of um, what these creatures might look like. You can see that there are several points of light. You just barely see her tear up as it starts to get blurry, and then the feed cuts. <laughs> it was a pretty cool yeah. effects.
0: They decide to go ahead and return to the orbiter. Uh, they'd already they'd lost two people. Uh, the Mission was accomplished, they had found life, and okay, time to go. And no communication, so at this point, no way to get word to Earth that they had found anything. So they had to get back. So they start the launch sequence, and one of the boosters is only at 30%.
1: Yeah, unexplainably, one of the thrusters is um, gives out and uh, basically gives out. And they come crashing back down to Europa.
0: Which is actually planned, sort of, because before they... It, it's bad enough, they're off course enough that the commander says, don't lo- uh, start the second stage sequence. So rather than get them into orbit and try to fix it later without functional engines, he decides go ahead and just cut it. And the Cut it,
1: crash land, we'll fix it then. Um,
0: he saves them and dies well, they're in the falling, process. Yeah,
1: they're falling too fast. He knows this, and he unbuckles to go save them by blowing their water shielding. So even if they do land and they're stuck there, they have no, they have less shielding against the radiation mm-hmm. that was already killing one of you know
0: killing them slowly. And the water shielding, one thing that's really cool with that, uh, that is one of the actually the best way that's been discussed to shield humans from radiation in space. Oh, uh, water. We water is amazing at blocking radiation. It's not the best, but it is amazing. And we can filter out the radioactive uh, stuff it collects and drink it.
1: Oh, and then we could become like the Hulk. Yes. Yes. Or an yes.
0: X-Man. So they crash uh, the engineer. Well, uh, one of the guys decides, oh, they're, they're dead anyway. They're dead. Yeah,
1: one you'd figure that these astronauts would be picked for their ability to withstand the inevitability of death. Not so much on this one guy. He was pretty much, no, yeah. we're going to fall through the ice and we're going to die.
0: He was right.
1: That's beside the point. I, I like the pilot better. She was just like, nope, we'll find a way. I was Because like, in these movies, you know that they're going to find a way. They always find a way.
0: So they're down to three people at this point. And the pilot stays in. The two men get sent out. And the guy who's sure he's going to die steps off the, sh- the ship and... Dies. Disappears. He's gone. He, uh, sees,
1: he sees the there's radiation and the camera feeds. He sees a light and he disappears. So what, Moral
0: of the story, don't go to the light.
1: Don't go to the light. And don't be the first one to step out of the shuttlecraft. Um you know, Neil Armstrong got a pretty good rap for that, but he wasn't the first one off. You know, somebody had to set up the camera.
0: Well, and especially, you don't <laughs> want to be the first one. No, somebody didn't have to set, off the, set up the camera.
1: The, the the scene where he's stepping off of the... Um,
0: that was from an arm on the lander.
1: Oh, no, I heard it was somebody, somebody had to, to make the shot. To make that famous shot of him coming down.
0: That one was... He was the first one off.
1: Where did I hear that? Probably
0: from moon landing denialists.
1: No, it wasn't that. It definitely was not that. Those people are crazy. That's like Holocaust denying right there. Yeah,
0: it's no. He was the first one off. It was okay, the camera okay, was mistake. on the the, the lander.
1: The, but either there was, way, who knows? The moon could have eaten him.
0: Someone else took the shot when he was jumping along, hopping. Well, that's oh, that's true. That's true. But so anyway, uh, he's gone. The uh, other guy, the the old uh, Russian, Andre, he decides that he can't fix the engines by himself, but he can at least fix the transmitter. But he's going to have to take the life support offline.
1: So this tells the pilot, Rosa, and both him, both come to the same conclusion, okay, we are dead. We're going to have to die to do this. But at least everything that we've recorded, including the the proof of algae life and possible proof of more complex life that will, at that point, definite proof of complex life will make it back to Earth. Mm -hmm. And we know that this happens because there are interviews with the person who was running the corporation and what looks like her head scientist who were supplementing the entire movie with, from their understanding, what had happened. Uh, Really good storytelling, use of storytelling there. Basically, we're at down to, this is it.
0: He fixes the communication. He fixes the
1: communication. She barely gets the transmission off. Um, he falls through the ice and disappears. And then she... F-
0: by this is... point, the ship is completely surrounded by glowing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He said that the light showed up behind, beneath him and then surrounded the entire ship. Um, then we switch back to the pilot, looking down on her, and... She falls through the ice uh, because you can see the lights on the outside, the the port windows moving around. Yeah, I
0: wasn't totally sure what was happening right then as to whether she was trying to launch or if she just wanted to get as high in the ship as she could.
1: Um, She was just trying to get as high up into the ship as possible. I think at that point, the launch had been scrapped.
0: Yeah, But well, they did still have the camera. One camera was still working. But that was, was her working. seat
1: with her seat belt yeah. buckle. So she got there and then at some point decided to blow the airlock instead of... Mm-hmm. The with- pressure was starting to blow anyway. So she blows the airlock. It floods. And that's... You see the lights flooding in. A couple of lights moving around. And then, bam, you see the picture of the alien.
0: Looks like a glowing octopus.
1: It looks like something from War of the Worlds. Like, yeah, like, uh, they described it as a combination between an octopus and a squid. I would say definitely more octopus-like, almost mechanical with the bio, with, with the bioluminescence, but not outside of the realm of possibility based on what we've seen here on Earth. Which is what's so freaking awesome, (laughs) by the way, is that this thing, even though it was designed in 2012 to be completely alien... We have seen jellyfish, and we have seen squid, and, and and all sorts of creatures that have bioluminescent dots and stripes and mm-hmm. stuff that makes us not so alien anymore. It actually it was very Earth-looking, but um, definitely some kind of undersea creature with with, with laser mm-hmm. lights.
0: and. Uh, one thing that was, was cool is the only camera that was still working in the ship was the one in the cockpit looking at the crew and down below. So that was the only thing that could have picked it up, and it did, and transmitted that before the ship finished falling through the ice.
1: Yeah, so we basically ruined the entire movie. Um, with the show... But that's kind of part of the show. We stopped
0: with a spoiler warning before we got to ruining the movie. You can't talk about the movie if you aren't going to talk about the movie. That's true. And we
1: gave away the biggest one at the beginning, so that mm-hmm. you're not all holding your breath. Yeah, I would. I would rate it up there, both in realist, like a realistic scenario and um, believable uh, science fiction.
0: Yeah, definitely believable. Uh, there were we're, a-
1: we're not there yet. We're not able to send anything out to Europa that can carry people. But I can. I believe that that's within
0: fifty years. W- Oh, no, much closer than that. If we wanted to do a mission there. <laughs> there's we, want and then there's will. If we had the will, we could do it right now. If
1: our Congress people had the will. Yeah. Vote in science-friendly Congress people. That's if, the only political thing I if, will say Yeah, there. If, we,
0: if we had the will, we could do it within 10 years. Do the launch. Uh, we don't have the will. The, there was a couple of, uh, like, one thing I, I thought that they got, well, I know they got totally wrong was they had artificial gravity it was the method of oh yeah the, the rotating habitation ring well the guy demonstrated very early on for his kids that yeah there's gravity here but if you only go up a little ways you it, get to 0g
1: literally up a ladder and there's 0g
0: like uh, and, and the the other side of the 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 other end of the module was also 0g like away well at the other end would oh, have been right, gravity right. as well the problem with that for the physics to work with our biology you need to have a diameter that is at least one kilometer. Anything less than that and the difference in gravity between the top of your head and the bottom of your feet will make you vomit.
1: That's pretty exact. I I, I still am willing to suspend disbelief to say we might come up with some other technology.
0: It was a Detail they got wrong for the convenience of the shot, so I was able to right a very small orbiter. I could forgive very small that
1: habitable zone,
0: but yeah, they got the science wrong there.
1: Yeah. So uh, overall, though, the science was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the storytelling was fantastic.
0: the The timeline for the for the science, the timelines were were good. Uh, the some of the, the the psychological issues they were they were dealing with. Those were were very good.
1: Survivors' grief, isolationism. Uh, yeah, they they ran the gamut. Uh,
0: one thing I thought was problematic: uh, the communications relay was fried by a solar flare, but it only fried the communications relay. Yeah. Now, a no. there would have been a backup system redundancies. You would definitely have yeah. There'd be a second communications relay. And if you had a solar flare that only wiped out one system on the ship and you had a backup, it would have been fine, too.
1: Oh, man. You know what I just realized? So the first person to die was from South Africa. So not quite a black person. <laughs> but for the first death,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That was one thing. Was, uh, besides uh, woo. Uh that was sorry that's the actor's name. um the guy who played William, who was the um commander they were all pretty much just white European mm-hmm. looking yeah, not much diversity there, but that kind of with our current climate technological climate that kind of makes sense.
0: <laughs> the only person of brown or black skin that was on there was the clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson.
1: Oh no there was the um the other scientist that was oh. uh back oh, on yeah. earth yeah. that was head of uh, one of the heads of the mission that's right, so there was a lot more women involved yep. so that was cool um geopolitically though I think it was pretty pretty right on mm-hmm. uh the only other thing that I would want to discuss is the themes uh I love themes a little mm-hmm. bit of my old AP English coming through um. The main theme used in this movie is definitely man versus the unknown. Not so much any man versus man. There wasn't a whole lot of disagreements. There was hardly even any fighting, uh, which was surprising considering yeah. that these people were all stuck together for 20 months.
0: Now, Not necessarily surprising since that would have taken time away from the main theme. That's true. It is a movie, True. after all.
1: Um, I mean, it is not until literally the last five minutes that you even realize that there's some... I mean, you kind of suspect that there's something smart behind all of this tragedy, but it's not until the very end that you realize that, oh, there is actually something there.
0: I knew there was going to be as soon as right. Andre saw it.
1: Right. You, it's one of those things where... But it's not... The, the assumption wasn't validated until five minutes before the movie ended. So... you you can't say man versus like other cuz the other was an unknown. <laughs> so definitely good uh, man versus unknown, man versus um the the outside, you know, the 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 environment. There was a lot of obvious problems with the uh, atmosphere and the uh the cli- just the whole climate of being in a small habitat with other people. They did a good job with that without pulling away from the main story mm-hmm. so that's our uh, report on europa report
0: okay uh the good the good what was a, a really good thing from it
1: good thing um i like the fact that it was scientifically believable on most points you
0: i was gonna say the same it, it was quite plausible Okay, the
1: other good thing then is probably um I really enjoyed the humanity that was shown. The 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 one uh Russian guy who was grieving, the way he grieved.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. It
1: brought a tear to my eye when they showed the one guy dying. I mean, it was I I really liked that point.
0: Uh the bad. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Uh the nonlinear nature of the the t- the timeline in it. Uh, it was made it difficult to follow at times. Okay, it made it impossible to follow at times. At least the first, least the of the first
1: half of the movie was, was pretty discombobulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was annoying, but I actually didn't mind it that much, only because I did understand it as a storytelling device. However, for that same reason I despised um pulp fiction, so I guess I can't say I like one and not the other for the same it's reason. It's
0: my least favorite storytelling device.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. It was much better when um when it all started to streamline together.
0: And the ugly
1: The ugly was the overuse of the radiation static effect. For me, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this again, because it did it every single time. The communications was, you know, cut out uh, whenever there was any kind of creature involved or any site. You know, mm-hmm. whenever they did anything, some kind of communication was cutting out. I was it was getting old. But that's that's my ugly.
0: OK, the creature looked everything they found looked too earthlike.
1: Even the creature itself, like I said, was completely plausible it, in, uh, for Earth, for Terran
0: life. It looked like a bioluminescent octopus. Yeah. No, it was a bioluminescent octopus. Yes. Realistically, if we find life on Europa, it's not going to be algae and octopus. It'll be something different.
1: Hope. Well, Maybe. We don't know. That's that's actually big debate. Is what we find is it is life going to be basically the same, which is why we're looking for water, or is it going to be totally different, which is why we're well, we're not. We don't know what we're looking for.
0: A, we don't know. if there is life there, there is a chance that abiogenesis happened once and seeded both. Yeah, so there is a chance of common descent. That is a theory. Even if there there is a common ancestor with four billion years of separation or three billion years of separation, you would expect to see a lot of divergence, especially since it is a very different environment.
1: That's true, but we have seen some pretty extreme uh convergent evolution here on Earth. Yeah. I, I would I can swing both ways on that argument.
0: I think they could have gone but they could more have gone on something alien. a
1: little more alien, yeah, and less War of the worlds, which is awesome, by the way,
0: so yeah, this is on Netflix, and uh, it's been it's, on Netflix forever it's it's worth watching, yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, oh granted, if you haven't seen it, you, we just spoiled it for you, right so shame on you for not watching it before listening to the show,
1: but if it sounds fun and you want to go watch it with some friends, totally do it. I give it like a four and a half stars out of five it was it was fun.
0: I would give it a probably more of a four.
1: Okay. It
0: it was good. Four and a quarter out of five. It was good for sure. It's four not one that quarter. I will be thinking about tomorrow.
1: Yeah. That's why I made a good uh, good first episode. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a brain, brain deader.
0: Yeah. And it'll give us an extra month to get through Terminator or... Alien or series. Or alien
1: series. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely go more in depth than once we get into universes. Um, yes. This was just a one-off one, so.
0: And we still went almost 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, it was fun. We're, we're, we're learning this, so if you have any suggestions mm-hmm. um, on how we should do the show, if you have any su- movie suggestions, TV series, let us know, or if you just want to say hi.
0: By the time this... I, I actually released this. What will be coming right next will be me saying how to get in touch with us.
1: Hooray. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining the movie with me, Dustin.
0: Yes. Thank you. And uh, for all of you listening and or watching, uh, we'll be back in about a month with... Something. Something. All right. <laughs> you can visit us on the web at scifinomads.com. Email us at contact at scifinomads.com, tweet us at scifinomads, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scifinomads. In each case, it's spelled S-C-I-F-I-N-O-M-A-D-S. No spaces and no hyphens. Theme music in this episode is Urban Jungle 2061 by Eric Matias, www.soundimage.org.